Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, EA peers. Wherever you're at, you are sitting in with the In the Lead podcast once again. This is like episode 75 or 76 or something like that. We're cruising, making it happen. Um, so that's pretty exciting. We've got another fun-filled episode filled with all kinds of information, um, beat Zillow questions, all kinds of stuff. Uh, pretty big round table today. Got three of my homies with me. Uh, we've got Alec. How are you doing today? Hey, doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah, doing how well. You, how are uh, you doing, man? I'm no one ever asks there, you. I know nobody. nobody they never ask you. Yeah. Is what I feel. Nobody like. asks the host, man. <laughs> yeah. How I'm are doing you, okay. Krista? Yeah, okay. I'm good. hanging in there. Good. I'm hanging in there. Had a soccer a soccer injury. Uh, recovering from that. Yeah, pretty um, gnarly one. Yeah, really bad. That's really about it, though. Um, just been hanging out with my my buds, doing podcast recordings. I had a day trip to San Diego. That was pretty cool. Thanks for asking, man. You made yeah. me feel really good. You now. had so much, so much stored up. Just you right look, here. Really <laughs> healthy. You look well sunned, man. I look well sunned. Thanks, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. Gaining weight, going to the gym, making it happen. Um, speaking of gym, I need some protein <laughs> advice. What's the, what's the recipe of the day? You know, man, I'm still going with uh, the peanut butter and the yogurt in the mornings. But That's I did it. have an interesting dish the other night. There was salmon with Parmesan on it. And I know fish and cheese are usually a no-no, but this was pretty darn good. <laughs> it was like a pine and parmesan crusted salmon, and it was delicious. Dude, balsamic glaze with that sounds delish. Yeah, I think perfect. it had it's mayonnaise delish. on it, but balsamic <laughs> glaze mayonnaise. Did you say mayonnaise? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're pretty interchangeable. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, this thing had like everything fish shouldn't have on it. And Did it was you really make delicious. it? Did you make it, or was it a restaurant? Yeah, well, we subscribe to one of those things where they like send you like all the ingredients and then they, oh. with the recipe card or whatever, and then you just make. Do you it, do so uh, like those. Blue Apron or Tasty or we uh, we do uh, plated plated. Uh, we yeah. just switched yeah, to plated. Like, it, yeah, it's like Blue Apron though. It's there gets good. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was a little less fancy than Blue Apron. They like sent me like Dan and yogurt instead of like some 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 goat <laughs> yogurt or something. We need to get or, goat yogurt. We need to get yeah. on the horn. Is that such a is there such a thing? I, goat I swear. Yogurt? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, man. Goat cheese is great. Exactly. Well, goat make... cheese, of course. Yogurt. You guys are out of control. We're gonna have to plug uh, Blue Apron and get some advertising revenue from these guys, dude. Yeah, we should specify that. I guess at this point that we are not sponsored by either. Officially not endorsed by anyone we, we not talk about. <laughs> Yet. Speaking of non-endorsements, we do have our GQ model in here as well. His name is Kelvin. He's got that stunningly beautiful slicked back hair, big fat hey microphones on or headphones on his head. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Thanks for the intro. I'm Every hanging week, in there, man. I know. I'm trying to t- trying to make it happen. Um, <laughs> Okay, I gotta admit the uh, the watch strap idea I love because it is getting pretty warm out. I oh, so you did hear that? I know you were oh, that is last podcast. I'm glad you heard too. that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what what's the next one? I want to know the next. What, what did I miss so with far. this watch band? Oh, I said to change out your the watch strap to a fabric instead of a leather watch strap. That way, it's not sweating on your wrist. It just feels more comfortable, and it's still pretty styling, man. I like that. Fair enough. <laughs> this week it's all about patterns don't wear too many patterns so wear a solid color shirt wear the the dark blue jeans wear a solid color blazer and then really? make sure the tie has the pattern going on yeah you don't oh, want to overdo the patterns what's man. got the pattern just i don't do know man one I'm a big piece fan of clothing of with the patterns you can do the pattern shirts but it's all about balance you know what i'm saying i'm feeling you give, i'm a fan of the, the, like, uh, the hawaiian shirt prints man oh yeah it's spring yeah, yeah floral, floral prints, prints dude yes Kelvin gives GQ advice, not Hollister advice. You know? <laughs> <This is laughs> yeah, no cargo shorts. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. 
And then we also have Mr. Rosie Robert looking good, getting some sun as usual. <laughs> and uh, we know that he is an absolute uh, joy to work with and talk and discuss about green homes and gardening. Oh. Uh, and since spring is coming in, guns hot. Uh, I know I've planted my garden. What about you, Robert? What were you, you were talking about? Uh, concrete blocks or something? Oh yeah. So my gardening tips. Check out. Uh, type in. <laughs> go, go to Pinterest and type in cinder block couch. You'll see exactly what I did. It's pretty sweet. Bunch of cinder blocks lined up, and you throw four, four by fours between them, and made I made like a twelve foot long couch for outdoors. It's pretty sweet. But the thing I didn't expect is cushions are about 300 bucks to cushion that thing. So I'm having to learn how to like fabricate Ooh. some cushions or something. I'm sure there's a Pinterest board on how to make There it. is. I already found it. There's you guys want to know the Did actual you? hack? This could turn into like a life hack podcast. Uh, use baby mattresses <laughs> instead of cushions. They're the exact same thing, except they'll charge you. You can get them for 15 bucks. And a, That's a cushion that size, they'd normally charge you like 75 bucks for that's brilliant. Baller. So did you, did you do cinder blocks all the way around or did you do the beams across? So you do, uh, you do a mix. So you do like cinder block. Uh, it's kind of two stacked on top of each other. And then there's the backrest. And then you take about six, four by fours and shoot them through and then throw cushions on top. I'm going to keep this relevant with the, with the real estate thing too. Like if you guys, if any of you agents have a house that's got really crappy curb appeal, this is a cheap way to make that look. Or how about an article on easy DIY home improvements for the summer? You know, like it was literally, I spent $140 and built a couch that would cost like $800 at Home Depot or something. I want to see pics of this thing. You put some nice cushions on it and stuff. And like that kind of stuff is really in like all those reclaimed materials. That's an easy value. You put some floral prints on it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You make it happen. Very cool. All right. Well, the intro's done. That one wasn't too bad. Like eight minutes, something like that. Right. That's about I got six us, minutes. Yeah. I got us right under good. six. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to try and narrow well, it down to five. One day we're gonna I'll be, narrow it down to We're going to be adding timestamps on... Chris will do it on Podbean. I'll do it on YouTube. So if you guys ever want to skip the intros, just know you can. <laughs> there will always be <laughs> but links. Don't. Don't but do don't. Don't, because the intros is, are awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're going to dive right into the questions from Beatzilla this week. Uh, we had three really, really good ones, I feel like, and I really wanted to um, share them with you folks. The first one is from um, Jamin S. Hensley. That is the most dapper name I've ever heard. I love it. Right? Um, so we just updated one of our Instafarm pages and went from a 0 to 45% in SEO score. I know we're supposed to make small changes every now and again to stay relevant, but how long should we wait between making changes to each Instafarm page? After they're all done, we are going to go back and see if we can get the SEO score a little higher to ensure constant change activity on the back end. Uh, Mr. Alec, I wanted you to take take this one away since you don't really get to talk about SEO and, and blogging and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and actually I chatted uh, with this gentleman in uh, Bezillow a little bit about this as well. But the um, the thing that jumped out to me was the, the bouncing around and getting go to 0 to 45 and then jump into the next one. Um, that, that's probably not the best way to do it. Um, and what I was telling him was that it's probably better to get at least one all the way to 100% before you move on to the next one, just because you want to be able to have that one page that has a, a good shot at ranking high before you go on to the next one. If you do them all at 45%, you have 10 pages that rank like mediocrely. Better to have the one that has a good chance at ranking highly. Is that a word? I love that. Mediocrely. 
I'm think it is. That. Look it up. Okay, I good. Know. I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the food guy. I'm not the uh, dictionary thesaurus guy. So, <laughs> but yeah. So that was the first thing that jumped out that I would say is that um, get it to 100 percent before you go um, on to the next one. But so so having said that, assuming you went through and you got all your Insta farms to 100 percent, then it is a good idea to go back and um, just kind of freshen things up now. Add uh, maybe update like with newer blog posts that are relevant to that Insta farm area. Um, change out a video. Put in a, new, a more current. Video. Video. If, you, if market stats change, that kind of thing, go through and update those. That's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kelvin, do you want to chime in since you you have a lot of familiarity with SEO and, and blogging and all and Insta farms and all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, Alec and I actually talked about this a little bit, and there's no there's no really at least that I've come across set rule when it comes to updating your content. Google makes roughly, I think, around 500 minor adjustments to their algorithm on an annual basis. So as long as you're adjusting your content at least every year, just making it relevant and fresh, or even more frequently, depending on like what Alex said, where maybe there's different market trends appearing, you're you're safe and you don't have to worry about the specifics. But as long as you're just keeping it relevant. And sometimes right. people are inclined to keep doing, um, just to keep creating new Insta farms, to keep creating new neighborhoods to do. And I think like when, like what we do at Easy Agent Pro is you see how something ranks and how it's performing, if you can find it in the search results, and then you can kind of set your target and like, man, so this thing, it's been, you know, five months now and it's not quite where I want it to be. I'm going to go ahead and go add some content to it. I'm going to three up it, better images, more content, link out to some stuff and build supporting content around that. And you can, you can explode the results versus, you know, kind of just like being done with it. Cause it is a constant activity. So it's not like you shouldn't right. ever not update stuff as you go. I would also say Any- like to, to do the searches for your content occasionally every, you know, every couple of weeks, maybe because there was a gentleman I worked with in Seattle and we got his Instafarm page on page one. And then after about, I think it was like three months later, he sent me a, an email and was like, Hey, I just fell to like the top of page two. And so we went back and we went through his page again and we adjusted some of the linking in the page itself. We added some more images, we changed it out and he started climbing back into page one again. So it's good to just kind of keep tabs on it. Right. Absolutely. Any good ideas for content that you should stay relevant on update? Um, my, my, my opinion on like on that type of question, it would be like, cause I've had that one come up as well. Like, well, what should I put on the page? Right. And what, what needs to stay relevant? And one of the things that I like to always tell people that's like really good information that that a lot of agents don't put on their farm pages is um, average home price, uh, mm-hmm. average income. Because um, that stuff, you know, that stuff is shifting pretty pretty constantly. So yeah, yeah and that's cool. that stuff that you need to stay relevant and update update on. It's uh, school districts. Like if there's a school that has like a really good grade, right, yeah. and then a second one pops up, you want to add that second school in there. Yeah, well, and, the, and those third-party organizations are re-ranking those schools on an annual basis as well. So that's that's stuff you want to update too. Yeah, and then if you're really focusing on SEO and you're taking it seriously and trying to kind of um, like you like put a good amount of focus into it, it's not a bad idea to get an SEO tracking tool so you actually see what your search engine results are on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Uh, the one we we use is called AgencyAnalytics.com. And they'll literally show you this month you gained 500 slots. This month, this keyword dropped a few. But it gives you kind of, um, instead of kind of just guessing and typing random stuff into Google, it'll show you actually where it's ranking for what the keyword. You have to set your keyword, so which is a good activity anyways because it makes you keyword focused as you're writing stuff, as you're doing these marketing activities. And uh, you can kind of hop into agency analytics from time to time. I think it's 50 bucks a month for the beginner plan. Um, but it'll literally show you where you're at and then 
and you can tell which ones you should probably because some of them you'll get gimmies when you do a small neighborhood you get a gimme if no one's ranking for it so you can kind of just launch it insta farm and you're like man you know i got first page that's good enough i'm gonna go work on this third page result and it'll literally track up to like seven pages deep in google for you so i'd um i'd i'd check that out if you're you're really into seo yeah I think that's fantastic advice. Another thing that I want to chime in on, because I know Kelvin and I have had a conversation um, with Jose on about this, because we're trying to figure out ways to like help help users understand what SEO is a little bit more in depth and, and, and portray to them and let them know that this is, SEO is a long-term strategy. It is a long-term game. And I can't really reiterate that enough to people because it's you know, this isn't something that you, you type up some stuff and then five days later, four days later, you're going to land on the first result. This, so, especially for big keywords, big key phrases and stuff like that. So when you are setting this up, prepare yourself for a wait, prepare yourself to be patient, get it done quickly and efficiently. So you don't, so then that's all you have to do is wait. You don't need to stress out and be like, okay, did I, did I add something here? I'm at 45% on this one. Uh, let's move on to the next one and stuff like that. Get the hundred percent done and then just be done with it. You're done. It's that simple. You're done. Mm-hmm. I think Tyler actually did a video about that today or pretty recently where he he flat out said seo will not help you today right like when you post it don't expect anything out of it and i i think that is the right mindset to go into it but the longer you do it and the more you do it the better it's going to work like for tomorrow so you're, you're planting seeds for later whereas with, with with ads you're you're picking the fruit that's available now yeah yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Robert, I mean, Robert's probably seeing this now. I mean, how I'm sure you guys are getting sales for EAP that have been in, you know, st- been stoked in the fire for months, possibly a year now, stuff like that. It took us two years to even start showing up for real estate websites. So that's the important part. People go after, you know, I want to be Dallas real estate homes for sale. And it's like the most meaty, gnarly keyword you could ever go, where if you do the smaller ones, if you get postcards, if you get email templates, you know, in, in real estate, it would be be like if it's you have single story homes in this small community if you have uh, homes near the school you can rank those pages a lot easier and what you do is create your insta farm that's the meatiest best insta farm you can create and then link to it and all your other content so that's a really important thing i think a lot of people miss too is you need to send link juice to it so when you write an article about you know albuquerque or something in albuquerque and you're like by the way here's my albuquerque homes for sale page and you just keep pumping up that insta farm over time because links are a big indicator so it's not all about content you do have to send links from youtube from facebook from other parts of your website your blog and that's how you really start to show google because all it is is painting a story about what what it is and how relevant you are they're trying to serve the best information to someone searching about it and the best information usually has things like schools the other details about the neighborhood restaurants activities all this stuff and there's probably supporting evidence to it so they can feel confident sending them to your website um, when someone's actually looking for something without wasting their time Um, so i think that's and that's and i understand it's it's so painful to shoot blind. That's why I recommend using the SEO tool because you'll do it. And like you said, you know, like I got a 45%. I wonder what's happening. And you're just going to wonder that for three to six months if you don't get an SEO tracker. So just get a tracker and then at least you can rest, sleep easy at night knowing you made progress because it's all about that 2% day over day. 
Yeah. Right. Well, and I, I like what you said too about the creating, focusing on creating a bunch of other content that's going to give that page link juice. Thinking about how many times should you change that one Insta farm page is kind of the wrong question. It's kind of the wrong frame of mind to go about. The whole thing, it's you should be creating the best possible resource and the best possible complete network of resources about that thing that you want to rank for. So yeah, go ahead, Kelvin. Sorry. No, you're good. I was just going to say like, because he was talking, Robert was talking about backlinks just to give you guys another resource you could use. Um, check out Moz. They have a free open site explorer tool that you can plug in your domain or someone else's domain if you're curious and it actually breaks down the backlinks that that site has and the domain authority that they've established just to give you kind of a reference point and then you can also move into like a more advanced tool like the one robert was talking about agency analytics which is awesome Um, but that's a free tool you can use to kind of just get a general sense of the backlinks that you've established or maybe the backlinks that your competitors have established in your area and just kind of see how they're how they're ranking right now and you guys want it while we're on the topic domain authority let's clarify what that means do you uh you want to go into that kelvin Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, Sorry. Well, so domain authority is just the power that another URL has earned. This is why we don't recommend switching URLs. Um, once you're halfway through your business, it's kind of bad because you right. literally use all your domain authority. You get you start at zero again. So over time, that increases domain authority. Um, if you're the amount of traffic increases your domain authority and all this stuff. And what what do, the only reason it matters is because when a high authority site links to you, it has more weight and link juice. So it's a more valuable link than say a link from YouTube, which is like a, called a. a I don't want to get too gnarly. It's a social 2.0 link, but you really want to do oh, from, get gnarly. Get gnarly. Yeah. Gnarlier. You really want to do it from <laughs> the point is you can start looking at people. You might want to, you know, like we talk a lot about working with restaurants or something. So if you find, you can go look at all these restaurants website and see someone who's active or a small business in your town and see what their domain authority is. And if they've been there since the beginning of time, chances are they have a pretty good domain authority and getting a link on their site would make a lot more sense than getting a link from, you know, some just a random, a random kind of web property. That's a great networking, um, great networking advice. That's a really, really good idea actually. Cause that's the thing is what, what, what would you rather have your site linked to it? And I'm just, let's just hi- say a hypothetical McDonald's or the local place that's sold out at noon. There's no more tables left. You know what I mean? Ex- well, so, I mean, if, if you could get it from McDonald's, that'd be great. I'll take a well, link. Well, right. But that's what I'm saying. Like a, a, cr- a really crappy fast food restaurant or like one of the restaurants that have a Michelin star and people can't stop talking about it. And you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Yep. So no, I, I think that's great. That's a fantastic idea. Um, write all this down. Right, <laughs> right. Get the, yeah. get everything down. That's um, SEO one hundred and one right there. That's like it's pretty, hard. Seriously, yeah. I, it's hard Jamie. to talk about SEO without talking. I, I'm glad Robert clarified that for everybody. It's so hard for me to talk about this stuff without sound, like bringing up all the jargon and technical speak for well, SEO. Well, and some of it's foo foo, and it's like uh, we yeah, some we, of it doesn't we matter. guess that this is what is going on, and I don't know. It's like well, and then just like if any of if any of you any of our listeners are like completely, you know you know, have their head in their in the sand because they're so scared of it or so intimidated by it. We do have guy we've got guides on the back end of your website in your education section about SEO. Here's what it is. This is why it's not magic. This is how it works. And it's a really, really nice um mellowed version of what we're talking about. So definitely take advantage of that as well. Um and if you have any questions about it, you know, we answer it on the podcast. We have support and all sorts of different ways for you guys to really grasp the idea of the benefits of SEO. Um and, you know, like I said, it just takes time. That's all it is. Rome wasn't built in a day. Whiskey tastes better aged. It's the same idea. So, 
All right. Well, we'll move on to the next one. Um, Miss Tracy, uh, she's a very, very avid EAP user. She's got a really fantastic site. Uh, she just made a switch to a classier version of the site. Um, but uh, besides all that, she is marketing. She, it, congratulations, first of all. Um, this one's this question for Robert. She goes, uh, is marketing uh, any different for a $500,000 property and a million plus dollar property? Ultimately, the goal is the same, right? To get the listing in front of as many buyers as possible. Going on a listing interview for my first $2 million property and could use tips or advice. Thank you. So congratulations, $2 million. That's a, that'd be a fat check. Oh yeah. So I would just say, let's, let's take an example. Um, is marketing any different for say a, a Dodge neon versus a BMW M five there? It's, it's quite different. The people that buy each car, uh, are looking for different things. You know, someone looking for a green car for someone looking for a sports car, two totally different customers. So, so right off the bat, yes, they are different, but the goal is the same, right? We're still selling a car at the end of the day. So when you're doing a higher, I like to, <clears throat> when you're, when you're thinking about marketing for, and then the commission that you could earn for it, it's always important to think about it in a way that this is how much that I could spend by selling a more expensive house versus selling a cheaper house, selling a house that's 200 grand. You know, you have like, you have a few thousand to work with as a marketing budget. When you start getting to a million dollar house, you quite, you, it, it explodes. Your commission's going to be massively bigger. And you have, I would look at it as your also your marketing budget is bigger. So this is where things like single, um, single property landing pages come into play. This is where you can spend up a dedicated campaign just for this one house. And you're just showing this house, you're running ads for this house and um, that'll make your your seller more happy, and it'll be more effective because you're actually promoting it, and and you know you have to kind of kind of go out and reach that audience a little different than just sending it to the IDX and hoping people discover it. Well, and I, I love that point too that it's it is a fatter check, but it's like part of that money should be going to I can afford to spend yeah. this much to acquire this person. I love that point, and I was talking to Paul, uh, our head blogger, about this yesterday because we were looking at all these things with uh, these VR tours and stuff. And we were talking about like, how would that be practical? And the, what we discovered was, is the people who are actually using that right now are the people who are marketing luxury properties. And that's something where you could afford to send someone a VR headset that costs, I mean, you can get Google cardboard for like 15 bucks, but you could literally mail one of those high prospects. Who's like the 3 million, $5 million home prospect, um, send them a VR headset and then send them the link to a, a tour of all these multi-million dollar properties where they can literally like go through. That's a cool, I mean, it, it sounds just like a gimmick sort of, but like the fact that you're going that extra mile and a lot of other agents probably aren't like shows that you are taking marketing that property seriously, that you're offering a different higher level experience because that's really what um, the difference is, I think in luxury marketing is, is the level of experience. And I think people's expectation who are buying a home like that, their expectation of the experience is going to be different. It really allows, yeah, it starts to allow Matterport drone footage, all this stuff to make a lot more sense. And I've even seen yeah. a big one in Albuquerque. We have these huge, uh, multi-million dollar properties down by the river and they'll just have a huge like Gatsby style open house at them. And you actually have like catered right. food and you have like cocktails and you can kind of make this event out of it because if you do close this house, it's going to be, it's going to be substantial income. So, um, you just, yeah. It, well, and talk about great, talk about great recognition, brand recognition too, right? Like if you have a, a big gala for the open house, uh, definitely get some footage of it. That's fantastic footage for advertisement. 
Um, that's great for YouTube videos. That's great for your website. It's more content for you too. So, you know, that, that type of mentality where, like you guys said, okay, the commission check is quadruple what I'm used to getting. I need to make sure that the advertising is, is up to par as well. And I think that's very, very important. And I love the idea of, like you said, a, a gala or a ball. Um, drone footage is like, uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I've, like you said, I, how many times I've seen these multi-million dollar properties sell in Albuquerque, which is a, a really tight market. There's not a whole lot of people that can afford that style of property here, but they sell fast and it's because they really take their advertising seriously. They spend the money on it and they, they make sure that it's high quality content. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Calvin, you want to chime in, Mr. Marketing Guru? No, I, I think I like Robert's the example he used with the cars specifically. So like, right? If, yeah. If you're mar- if you're just gonna sell a Porsche versus like uh, something else, maybe just like a Honda Civic, you're, you're, it's different targeting. There's different features that you need to keep in mind, and then the level of the experience that you need to bring to the table has to be completely different for the two. So I just really speaking like speaking of I really like that metaphor. speaking of metaphoric advertisements with cars. Have you guys seen the new one for Audi with the guy who like gets put into witness protection? And like the lady is like, this is going to be your new identity, your new house, your new family. You're going to live in a different part of town. And then he, he like she throws a paper of the SUV that he's supposed to drive, and he's like, "What is this?" And she goes, "Well, that's your non conspicuous SUV, and it was of a Lexus." And he looks up at them and he goes, "No thanks," and he just takes <laughs> off in his brand new Audi that's like totally baller, looks great, you know. And that's that type of mentality of like stand out, right? Make it look better and bigger. This may be a two million dollar house. Advertise it like it's a five million dollar home. That type of idea will work in your in your favor. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then back to like the Tom Ferry, big fat open house that he's really big about. What what better opportunity than at a multi-million dollar property where you can just right. blast, you know, everyone, you know, even if you're not, um, it, when a house is that big, you don't even have to necessarily be interested in buying it to go check it out. So, but yeah, that doesn't absolutely. mean you're not going to buy a house. And then it's a great way to network, get there, you know, kind of get some referrals going. And imagine, you know, you have this huge party, you have your big sign there, you have a dude flying a drone around just because drones are cool and people like to see them. Um, like it's a, it's, it's a win-win. Yeah, definitely. Kelvin, did you want to chime in? I saw your pinky go up cause you're all dapper and clean looking, good looking. No, no, no. I was looking for, there's an app I'm doing a video on. Uh, I think it's, I can't remember what I, what it's called. It's open homes app, something like that. Cause Robert was just saying, you can pick up information. I was just going to say, Oh, right. and there's an app you can use for that. Uh, and it asks people well, questions to help kind of help you segment your, your, whoever's in attendance at that open house. If they right. have an agent, when they're looking to sell. And that's the thing is it, my, my idea with this is like Robert said, like, are you advertising for a neon or for a Ferrari, right? Or a Bentley or whatever. Um, and that even in smaller scale homes, you can do that. One of our poster children who's been very successful is Eric Carmen. And he's advertising a $500,000 home or a $350,000 home. But during his open houses, he makes a big freaking deal of it. He gets the best cupcake maker in town to, ho- you know, to, to have cupcakes there. He, he plays some fantastic music. All of his lead capture methods are done with technology that shows that he's up to date. He's active um, and it's just, and it benefits him. He's selling houses that way. So this same mentality of like, step up your game when you're advertising the home can even be used on a smaller, on a smaller scale. Well, and the easiest way is to set a percentage of your commission that you're going to spend on advertising for every listing, like move them. 
Let's let's get them right. out the door and commission checks rolling in faster and let's repeat it. Because the more you do that, the more you can funnel into advertising. So you could do 33% of this commission check into the advertising budget, 33% into future advertising budget for branding and all that kind of stuff, and then 33% take home. And you start right. to work with that and then it's a no-brainer. You're like, man, I have uh, I have four thousand dollars to spend on this. How should I do it? What am I thinking for this one? Man, I have six grand to spend on this one. Versus like, right. you know, or, or it could be a real small property and then you just, you can just adjust everything. And then that's the importance of really creating like your lead gen system that you can turn on with like Facebook ads. So right. then at that point, and, it would be like, you have a system for luxury. You have a system for when you have foreclosures and you're working with investors. Yep. And then you have a system for mid-tier properties. So you have like these three repeatable systems, right, Robert? Exactly. And then you yeah. don't have to ask yourself questions when you do it. You know who the people are. You have the system in place to take care of it. And you're like, hey, I need these flowers. Hey, I need the edible arrangement. Hey, I need this. And you have everything going. Like you can create these experiences over and over again. And then it's just a self-fulfilling thing because you keep coming in contact with more people. You keep listing more houses. You keep selling more houses and it's just it's a win-win right yeah absolutely another good one to take a look at uh her name is kathy kathy fulton i don't know if you guys have paid attention to her stuff she uh is one of those individuals who saw the benefit of video marketing really really quickly um spent a pretty penny on some really high quality equipment the drone um really really nice camera and she's filming every house that she sells no matter what the proper the price is she goes in she films it she does a walkthrough with her voice and her like a little intro with her showing it. So she shows her face. Um, she shows her relevancy. These houses sell within hours of that video being up. So, I mean, there it is. It, it works, period, you know? so And that costs probably 200 bucks. So yep. like it's- and, and half a day. And yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And it's something people yep. like to look at. So it seems like a no-brainer. And, well, and that's the thing, and yeah. You, and you then compare to that to those some of those listings that are like, they drive by and take one or two pictures of the outside <laughs> and call it a day and slap it on the MLS. Like, which agent's going to sell Some of the IDX listings yeah. crack me up. It's like, yeah, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some on Beatzella of like a dude's finger, like in the, in the shot. Yeah. That, come on, fire I think Dustin one time no posted one of a guy, had a guy in every picture, and he's like, it was like, from, <laughs> this was from Craigslist, so it wasn't on the MLS, but he's literally like, this is the kitchen. This is the, <laughs> this is me in front of the bedroom. This is me in the bathroom. And he like did unless selfies you, the whole time. Unless you look like Kelvin, you can't be doing Probably that. Probably don't. You can't be doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, great question. Uh, hopefully that helps you out getting the idea. Um, let us know how well it goes. And, and congratulations. That's a big property. Um, really, really cool. Uh, we'll move on to the final question. This one's specifically for Kelvin. And it's one of our favorite people who's been on the podcast before. Uh, her name's Karen Carr. We love her very much, and we wish her the best of luck moving to a new state. Um, she asks specifically to Kelvin, uh, you in particular seem like you make videos all the time. Tyler is going to be so mad that he couldn't answer this. I'd like to know uh, what your typical day looks like. How often do you record and film? How long does it take to edit and add all the graphics, etc.? For an individual agent, how much time should we expect to devote to a comprehensive video strategy? Mr. Kelvin. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> currently I do two videos a week and what my day typically looks like is I usually film those videos on Mondays and Wednesdays and I try to start editing as soon as I can. And sometimes that bleeds into the next day, but usually I spend about an hour filming the video itself. So I jump around the frame, do the jump cuts. I, I read through my Google doc and make sure I hit all my bullet points, got all my subject matter. I take some photos for my thumbnail and then I typically can spend anywhere from two to four hours, um, sometimes a full day editing a, a video specifically. Um, so like when we released the new backend, I spent the whole day working on that video. But 
but that's typically what what my process is and then I just get it uploaded but the thing I really want to stress with answering this question is I do a lot because um I really really <laughs> you love can the say production it. that's value. what I get paid to do just say well that. yeah you that's like a huge it. part of my job specifically <laughs> is to make the best quality video content that I can because there's a big resource for EAP um and also, I just I, I really like adding the production value to it, and it's something I really enjoy. So I use Premiere and I use Adobe. Um, but then you have you have the opposite spectrum where you guys don't have to be taking that much time. You don't have to be taking a full day to create a good video. You've got things like Quick, you've got Camtasia, and you could create a quick video of a walkthrough of a house or even just a video of you standing out front talking about the property, and you can do that in thirty minutes tops and get it uploaded to you know instagram iMovie snapchat yeah you can do that quick tyler makes his videos in a completely different fashion than me and they're still really good videos like he can sit down in 30 minutes create the video because he doesn't do jump cuts he does it straight through um he'll have it published ready to go in camtasia and he's done like the he even uses an app called TubeBuddy uh that's a chrome extension and that auto populates a thumbnail for him so he you can do either one and you still create it. really quality content yeah absolutely i just don't want people to feel like it takes hours and hours to do quality video content because that's not what you have to do as an agent. Um, I feel like Robert's going to, do you want to say something, Robert? Oh no, I, uh, that's, it's just a funny, it cracks me up because Ty, oh, okay. Ty's like meat and potatoes. So he's like, he gets on, just records it yeah. and it's done and it's uploaded. And there's a certain, like, I would say, think about what the intent of the video is. If you're going to have one on your homepage, if you're going to have it on this landing page, that's going to be like you're running ads to, there's no reason to not make it look really good and spend a little time. But if you're doing it for a blog post and you're like showing your, you know, something that's probably just, it's just, you know, for content, for content's sake, and it's going to be some nice value, but it doesn't necessarily uh, like tie to leads or stuff like that, then you can spend a little less time editing and kind of doing the, you know. That's a good point the text cues and all this cutting and stuff. And it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I made this quick video. It's more important that you're persistent and just keep making videos because volume is important as well. So yeah. Yeah. Volume's important. That's a really great point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just, no, he's right. (laughs) Volume's right. Volume uh, is important. And then also, like he said, the, the information itself, the, the actual sustenance and meat of the video is important as well. And then just really balance out the time you're taking to add to the production value of it. Exactly. Ask your, you should be asking yourself, it's almost a two-part question, right? What is this content going to be used for? What is the, my end goal with this content? And how long should I spend on it? It should be a two-part question. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, like, like Robert's saying, if it's going to be really juicy, meaty content that you're going to have, la- it's going to be a long-lasting piece of information, spend the time and energy editing it. Spend the time adding thumbnails. Spend the time adding bloopers. Make it very, very personal. Um, if it's just going to be, like you said, meat and potatoes, super quick, easy, just this is info that you need right now. Um, and that will be relevant for a short period of time. Slam your, your beautiful mug in front of that camera, talk about it really quick and then get it up as fast as possible. So you do have that content. And then if you want to meet somewhere in the middle, um, you can just, you can kind of blend the two together. And it's really like, I mean, like. God forbid iMovie, but you could just bust open iMovie, have your intro. I use it. You know, you have a template. That's what I was about to say. I, I use it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, they have literally drag and drop transitions. It's like really easy once you get the process down. So if you write out like what your minimum viable video is, and you can kind of feel like, oh, I would love to have an intro, a title picture, and then maybe some transitions in between. And then you can create a template of that and use that template every time, plop your video in, and then it'll look a little more refined and mastered than just straight uploading, you know, like just taking the video and uploading it. Right. Absolutely. 
I, I'm curious, like, I almost want to ask um, Kathy, like, how long does it take you to edit one of these tours? Because, I mean, there's a ton of content. These are eight, nine-minute videos, some of them. And they're, I mean, they're in-depth. But I, from what I understand, what I've talked to her and stuff, it's only, like, shoot, maybe, she says maybe a day, if I remember correctly, something like that. I mean, it doesn't have, and it, it, it's a high-quality video. It doesn't have to be this five-day-long process or this intimidating process. Well, it, and the big thing, too, is just do it, right? And Take the time to get acquainted with it. Do you know how many digital marketing and video production students are at the college near you? Those guys, right. like, I mean, you could get a partnership with someone where you're, you know, that's a whole 50 packs of ramen, dude. Thank yeah, you. exactly. You could have someone to do that easy. You're like, here's a box yeah. of ramen. Kelvin, I let me ask you, video. I want to ask you this, Kelvin, how, like when you first started doing videos, how long would it take you honestly to do, let's say a six minute video? How long would it take? Not very long. Not I, very long. No, no, it didn't. I mean, when I first started, but I was, I mean, I've been gradually building in terms of the effects that I'm adding and the sound effects right. and all of that stuff. But when I first started, it didn't, it doesn't take long to get started. And right. I think that's what I really Were you stress. intimidated? Were you like super intimidated by it at all? Oh yeah. Cause I started right away with Premiere, which was a complete mistake. I should have started with <laughs> It's Adobe like, you should something. stay away from <laughs> you Adobe. Can a, you, you can't can trust a, yeah, Adobe. Man, I started with Adobe right away and I just sat there for hours trying to go through all the tools. Like, I don't know what any of these do, man. <laughs> So that's daunting. Yeah. Start at the right place. Start with iMovie. Let's just say start with iMovie. It's I so easy. Or they Camtasia. It all. Camtasia's <laughs> nice too. Robert just and hates even Adobe. Then, like, yeah, we don't had, use Adobe well, we, anything. They just rip you <laughs> off. <laughs> we had, Kelvin and I had a conversation after work one day about um, making videos. And that was what I told him. I was like, I was, I'm using iMovie. And he goes, Chris, honestly, man, there is so much stuff you can do with that. It is unbelievable. And the trick is just trying to find it. The trick is just trying to streamline it and get it sorted out and experiment. And that's all it takes. And and now it might take you even longer to do movies and, and do film and stuff because you do know all these crazy cool effects, this crazy cool stuff that you can do. Um, and it's worth it. It's worth it in the end. Sorry, my dog just made a noise. I panic. <laughs> I hope everybody heard it on the podcast. Did they? I didn't right, hear I'll it. I'll leave her in there. <laughs> I hope She's so. a good... She's a good little guest to have on the show. So yeah. she'll keep her on. Good there. question though, Karen. Um, I hope I hope that was kind of the answer. I hope that was the answer. That you should have just scared her. Uh, one video takes two weeks. Easy. That's what you should have said. <laughs> <Just> freak out. <laughs> I've been filming these videos way in advance. It takes weeks of preparation. <laughs> well, that's something you see, right? It. So you go look at like real corporate brand videos that actually did take two weeks to make. You know, you're like, I'm watching like, you know, it's like, man, that, that John Oliver video was sure was nice. And it's like, these guys have a whole team of people doing stuff behind them. And you feel like you can always see the difference, but it doesn't matter more and more as like YouTube grow, everyone's making videos. So it's like, now it's just, I mean, what's the minimum bar for a video, Kelvin, would you say? The minimum what? Like what's the minimum, minimum bar? It's basically HD, nice enough audio. Right. H, HD's 1080p is fine. And literally every smartphone out there shoots that at least. So it's not hard to get access to. It's right on your um, iPhone. Yeah. The audio on your phone is even perfectly fine. Uh, there's literally, you have access to everything exactly. you need to start with video. Um, but people like to hype it up and then it, it just keeps them from doing it at all. And that's the biggest mistake. There you go. Bam. And, and Karen, on, on, this is an honest critique about your stuff. I think your videos are fantastic. Same. Everything you've put out, everything you've done has been awesome. So yeah. you're doing the right things. Um, and, and now I, it's kind of cool to have that nice fresh restart from moving into a new area and really getting, you know, that stuff works in a different one. Now it's time to experiment and see if it works in, in this new market. So you have, you, you're in a pretty cool position, I feel like, 
Um, so keep it up, keep up the good work. And if you guys don't, if you guys have never seen Karen's stuff, take a look at it in the Beatzilla group. She's even ran like kind of a small advertisement for us for one of the apps on, on the phone. I remember that, and everybody was like, "Dude, did you see what Karen did? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have those? I know you spend more time than we spend on it." <laughs> so yeah, no. So you're doing a good job. Uh, hopefully that answers your question, Kelvin. Thank you so much for taking that one. Uh, we can rub it in Tyler's face too that your your answer was great. Kelvin was the right Thanks, guy to man. answer. Right. Oh, <laughs> hopefully Tyler didn't. Tyler, you heard nothing. <laughs> Thanks, man. Love you, Ty. <laughs> Love you, awesome um thank you guys so much i think that's it for the questions if you guys do have questions or like what you hear feel free to send us a comment or a question to support at easyagentpro.com that's the email we have a twitter and you can tweet <laughs> us <laughs> at easyagentpro um other than that uh there's really no there's all sorts of other ways i guess you we're all over the place you can find us please tweet Tell us that. at the twitter Please. At the Twitter. At the Twitter. <laughs> Let Twitter. Uh, make sure. Yeah, that's the best place to really ask. Um, other than that, the Beatzilla, we ask, we post weekly or every other week if you guys have any questions for the podcast. That's how Karen got a hold of us. Um, so take advantage of that. Um, other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Robert, Ty, or I almost said Tyler again. Kelvin and Alec, thank you guys for sitting in. Um, I always enjoy talking to you guys. And as always, we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye, guys. Woo! Thank you for listening to In The Lead. If you have enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com. And as always, we'll see you later.